Hello again. You are listening to Grace and Mercy Podcast. This podcast is for people who want to know the grace of God and how it changes the way we are using the charisma machine in the world. I'm your host, author Darlene Bojek, and in this episode, we're going to continue finding out what Romans has to say about grace. Last time, we mentioned the charisma machine, or that's what I called it, the functioning of grace, the operation of grace in this world. We said that the word charisma and the verb of it, which is charizomai, is the functioning or the operation of grace where God gives his grace and his kindness and his gifts to us and it flows through us into the world, into the world both in the church and into the world of people who are not yet Christians. This time we are going to talk about Cairo, Kara, and Caris. Cairo and Kara are the words joy and rejoicing. Kara is joy, Cairo is rejoicing. And we have these verses. We have a big chunk in Romans 12. So let me read that to you right now. Listen to this passage and in light of what we heard uh, yesterday. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So this is all as we were saying, the operation of grace, the charisma machine. Here, as it continues, verse 14, Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So we see there... It says, rejoice with those who rejoice, right? So two times the word rejoice is there. Now let's ask our question. If we rejoice with those who rejoice, if we weep with those who weep, is this the outflow of recognizing the grace of God in our lives? If we rejoice with those who rejoice, it should be. And it must be. Remember, God is a jealous God. And if he has this word as a cognate of grace, which is God's gifts, if he has the word Cairo as a cognate of grace, it is part of the meaning of it that it's from God, right? It's from God. So 
we rejoice with those who rejoice. Chapter 16, verse 19, about avoiding divisions. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. So if Paul is rejoicing over the the Romans, is that God's uh, grace? He's recognizing God's grace in it? It absolutely is. Okay, now we have the word joy. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we see that this is joy sourced in the Spirit of God. It actually says it right there. Joy in the Holy Spirit. We have Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Absolutely. This has all of those things we were talking about. Not just joy, but peace and faith and hope. So this is, yes, joy that is sourced in God's grace. And finally, Romans fifteen thirty two. Pray that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. So in this case, uh, is it joy that is sourced in something God has done? Absolutely, because he's just saying, pray that he'd be delivered, and if he do- is delivered, he's going to come to them with joy. Okay. Now let's look at the 26 times that Charisse is mentioned in the book of Romans. Okay, so we have Romans 1. Right away, he starts talking about grace. Romans 1, and we will start with uh, verse 4. And was declared to be the Son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. couple things. First bit... He's talking about the grace, we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. And that's what we were talking about, the charisma machine, wasn't it? The other thing is this, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So the word grace was hail. Remember, hail in the, we saw that in the Gospels. But in Christian uh in the Christian church, they used this as its essential meaning. So they took they took the greeting that was just a common greeting of hail, and they turned it into a, a blessing. Now we do know that people in the Middle East, they say selam or shalom to each other, which means peace. Jesus said that. You remember at the, when he came and saw his disciples in the upper room when they were surprised to see him after the resurrection he said peace he said peace so 
Christians took the grace and the peace and they put it together as a phrase, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Right? We have Romans 3, verse 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Interesting about this word, the use of it here, it is charis, but it is translated as grace as a gift. We are justified by his grace as a gift, but grace as a gift is, is one word, charis. We are justified by his charis. Okay, we have Romans 4, 4 and 4, 16. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. Okay, so not counted as grace, but as is due, and continues, uh, the reasoning continues that this is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So that is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Chapter 5, verse 2. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So grace is, is an action. Grace is a noun um, that uh, of a gift and grace is also here a like we said the other day the glory cloud the fire is a place in which we stand it is the hand of God uh, verse 15 of chapter 5 we did see this uh, when we were talking about charisma but the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, how much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many? This is loaded with this, with this idea, isn't it? So looking at the Greek, I see charisma, charis, kariti, which is um, just the same as Carice, uh, but used in a different part of speech. So we have the gift, the grace of God, the gift in grace, and we have Jesus Christ, who we said is in himself the greatest gift, isn't it? Dorea is the word for gift, but if it's the gift of grace, sometimes the word grace in itself is used as the word gift. Okay, moving on to Romans 6. What shall we say then are we to continue in sin that grace may abound so in this case we see grace is is a noun for example grace may abound but it's, it's actually it's a it's almost like a life in itself that's causing itself to grow right uh, are we continue are we to continue in sin that grace may abound and in a sense grace grows to to cover the sin doesn't it verse 14 of chapter 6 for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace and we heard that in Leviticus the difference between law and grace and next verse 
What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin which leads to death or of obedience which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, having have become slaves of righteousness. So in this verse, chapter 6, verse 17, the word thanks be to God is the word grace. Thanks be to God. It's the space between please and thank you. It's the need being met and we give charis back to God by thanking him. We give grace, right? Say grace. I like that. Continuing on the next verse, we have Romans 7.25 that says the same concept. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Well, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God is the word grace. So in a very real way, this grace machine that we're talking about reflects back onto God. It, it does flow back onto God. Like, like a, I'm thinking, um, reminds me a little of the, the water cycle. It's a, a kind of a cycle where God is, we gives grace and we, um, we give thanks back to him. But even the thanks in itself is a, a kind of a gift of grace to God. Romans 11 has a big discussion we're going to review, starting at verse 5. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. So if something is a gift, then it's much different than a salary, right? If it's a gift... If it's a salary, it's two different things. Uh, there's a story in a parable of Christ where he, these men are they they are hired in the morning and they work all day and throughout the day the owner of the field keeps hiring more people and they work for the rest of the day and some of them only work for an hour and the people at the beginning of the day they wanted uh, they got their salary. Uh, no, he started paying the people at the, who hi got hired the last. So the people who worked most of the day were thinking, oh, I'm going to get more, more per hour because I worked more than they did, but they got the same, the same amount. Now, where's the grace in that story? That story is about giving salary, right? The grace is, the, uh, in a sense, the additional salary that the, um, the person the people who were hired at the end got, right? They were given a full day's wage. They were given the full reward out of the heart of the the owner of the vineyard. The people at the who started at the beginning, they wanted their salary to be changed in accordance, but they all got the same thing. The grace was actually in giving generously. Uh, in this case, we have, if it is by grace, it's no longer on the basis of works. 
otherwise grace would no longer be grace. Well, in the, the story of the vineyard, it actually was not tied to their works, right? It was tied to their contract or the covenant that they had made about working. It's a, it's a very weak example, and it would fall apart if you t- spent too much time analyzing it. But it does remind me of that. Romans 12 has a couple times where it's there. We have verse 3. For by grace, for by the grace given me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So why would Paul say, by the grace given me? Okay, think about this charisma machine. God's grace coming down into his people and flowing out, right? So God's operation of grace in the life of Paul, he is he is imparting to them what God has given him. In his case, it is prophetic instruction to the church of God. And he says, I say to everyone, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Well, he has weighed what Christ did, the Philippians 2, how Christ gave of himself. And he is saying, therefore, thus we ought to be, right? With sober judgment. And if we're going to measure ourselves with anything, measure ourselves by by the faith that we have, not by any other aspect that, that, that we have faith Okay, and then a couple verses later, um, it says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith. We did talk about this earlier, didn't we? When we were talking about the, the word charisma. And here it is. Having charisma that differs according to the charisse given to us. Okay, so the, the thing that comes out and the machine itself. These are all grace. They're all aspects of grace, right? The, the, the grace is this functioning of God with his people. It's, it's every bit about it. It's the, the, what's in his heart, the favor that starts in his heart. It's the, the pouring out. It's the thing that comes. It's the machine that runs it through. It's the product that comes out of the machine into the lives of other people, and it's the thing that goes back up to God. Those are all forms of grace. Oh, this is mind-blowing. We have Romans 15, 15 says, But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So he is saying that his, um, that, that everything about his, his ministry is because of the grace given to him by God. In this case, it's because of the grace given to me by God. It sounds like a very specific thing that is the fuel of his, his ministry to the Gentiles. Okay, and our final time that we see the word grace in the book of Romans is in Romans chapter 16 verses 20 and 24. Let me read that. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And skipping forward to verse 24. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. 
So the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Jesus Christ, we found in the book of Luke, was the initiation of understanding this grace. And he says it twice at the end of Romans, the very end of Romans. It's almost it's like in the very first verses of Romans and the very end of Romans. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Hey, you remember? God with us is in itself grace. Christ, Emmanuel, God with us is grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The grace of Emmanuel, who is God with us, be with you. Grace is God with us. So it's saying, in a sense, God with us, God with us, be with you. <laughs> I think that Romans has um, has shown a practical way that grace interacts with this world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the book of Romans. We thank you that you gave grace to Paul and that he imparted this grace to us and that we have this grace in our hearts that we want to impart to others this beautiful thing, the gift of grace, which is forgiveness, the gift of grace, which is peace with God, uh, which is the, the givingness of you, the givingness of being your child. Thank you that you've given us the ministry of reconciliation. You've given us the ministry of imparting spiritual gifts to our um, fellow believers and to uh, people around us. I pray that we would be that salt and light, which is another way that you have shown this how this grace impacts this world uh, be with us and now enable us to put into practice the things that we've learned about grace we pray this in christ's name amen well thank you for listening again to grace and mercy podcast with author darlene bojack this has been episode 15 of season one finding grace you can find the show notes for this episode including Links to things we talked about at graceandmercypodcast.com. Question of the week. Where have you been hurt by an absence of Christian grace? Make sure to answer any of the questions of the week on the show notes page or send an audio message with WhatsApp. A phone number is on the show notes page as well. Okay, see you next time. Bye-bye.